Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to Your Story is a Legacy show. My name is Rosanna Jackalone, and I'll be your host, your life story guide, your legacy coach, your spiritual healer, and friend. This show will help you get inspired and give you resources and practical tips so you can craft and tell your unique life story for yourself, your children, and generations to come. I bet you were asking, well, how will this show make my life better? It will do that by first, helping you to get to know yourself more deeply and in the process, learn your passions and the unique gifts you bring to the world. Second, it helps you get through transitions, things like job loss, marriage, childbirth, relocation, even things like divorce. It also helps you heal by turning traumas in your life into triumphs. And finally, it helps you create a legacy to leave for yourself, your family, and future generations. If that sounds good to you, let's begin our journey together. Okay. Hello, everyone. I am so excited for this episode today, where I am interviewing the fabulous Gabe Cox. Gabe is someone that I met in a masterclass we were doing, and she stood out to me so much because of her energy, her kindness, her can-do attitude, and her faith. She's also a faith-based author. Uh, actually, I have her book, Mind Over Marathon, Overcoming the Mental Barriers in the Race of Life, which is a must read for everyone. I love it. And you can get it on amazon.com. She's the founder of the Red Hot Mindset. She's a podcaster and she uses her passion for running to explore ideas around productivity, simplicity, and spiritual growth. Her mission, which is perfect for all of you listening, is to help you step into the fire of refinement so you can come out stronger and crush your goals God's way. Now, some of the struggles and victories she shares, which are so significant, and you'll understand why she's so, so special, is overcoming a deep depression and how she was able to change her mindset, which led her to be able to come off of all medication. And through that painful experience, she learned that God's discovery is the basis for self-discovery. She also chased a huge dream of qualifying for the Boston Marathon and the mental training and determination it took to achieve that goal. She learned how to set goals not only to start well, but to also finish well. And also another part of her incredible story is she was, she not broke her ankle, halted her running. And then the recovery that she was in for more than a year, she really had to learn how to stay positive in trial and come back stronger. 
through the injury, she learned how to step back, stop, and reevaluate her world and went through a process of simplification. And what she learned from this art of simplifying was to make room for her dreams. And she now uses this, uh, she coaches on this topic. Uh, her mission is to help the mom who was where she was realize her full potential, find a meaningful goal to pursue and hold her accountable so she completes it. She also helps her let go of her past and live in the present as she overcomes the mental barriers that stand in the way of her breakthrough. I could go on and on about her, but I'll let you now hear from the fabulous Gabe Cox. Hi, Gabe. Hi, Rosanna. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm excited. It's a pleasure to have you here. So Gabe, talk a little bit, um, and I know I'm probably getting into topics in your book, and because I listen to your podcast religiously, I want you to share the, you talk about faith throughout your book and your podcast and your interviews. Can you share with our listeners how faith has helped you find time in life? Yeah, faith has been such a, a pinnacle point for me in all things, in figuring out how to go after goals and um, how to find meaningful goals and really how to find the time for them. Because I, as a, I don't want to call myself busy, but I am, I have a really full schedule. I have three, three boys, two competitive gymnasts, um, and a very full schedule. And we're always running here to there. I work outside of my business and writing, but one thing that I have found is that when I give my schedule to the Lord, like when I say, yep, can't do this, I need you to come in and take over and help me with it. For some reason, there's like so much peace that comes and I feel like I can get through that day, even no matter how busy it seems, it doesn't feel as busy. I feel like I have peace in the daily grind in the things that I need to do in my daily tasks. And he also helps me really decipher is what I have on my schedule important enough to actually do it? Or is it something that um, I can delegate or is it something that I really don't need to do and I can add it to my not to do list. And so I've learned throughout this these seasons that I, I really need to, um, one, be present with my schedule, uh, because I could have had the excuse as I was working on some bigger goals or thinking as I'm working on where I feel like I'm being called and my mission field, but I could have had the excuses of, Oh man, I just have too much on my plate. I can't do those things right now. I just can't do it. Well, that's where we lean into our faith and the strength that God gives us, uh, because it's true. We really can't do many things on our own, especially if it's a big burly goal. Uh, we need to have that support. And uh, my support comes with me going, I can't do it alone. I need your strength. I need your guidance. I need you to do it. And part of that is because at the end of it, then I can't take all the credit. God gets the glory. And I love that. I love having a big burly dream um, that feels like so unattainable in a way. And it feels like I don't have the time to commit to it, 
but knowing that it can be broken down into really small chunks and that I don't have to do it alone. And God doesn't want me to do it alone. And, um, so really my faith has been pivotal, pivotal to finding that time to be able to go after what it is. I feel like he's calling on my heart, what's on my heart, my desires to actually do and to follow that mission that he has for me. That's actually, it's so uh, powerful the way you did just break that down. And I think I'm going to get a little bit into now, Gabe, talk about the importance of me time. And when you knew you did not have it and ultimately how it is an integral part of your schedule today. So me time is important for so many reasons. And I, I like to call it me time more than like self-care time, because I feel like self-care is kind of taboo in the world where it's all about me and it's about myself and it's me first and all these things. Well, I don't feel like we were put on this earth to be a me first minded. However, uh, we also need to take care of ourselves for lots of reasons. One of the reasons being that our, our body is a temple, right? And so we do need to take care of it in order to be able to fulfill the mission that we are put on this earth for, and to be able to take care of our kids well, and to be able to, if you're married, be able to take care of your spouse well, and to build these relationships and just to feel, um, even successful in life. Like we have to take care of ourselves. And for me, I, I used to, I, I, I still am, I'm more others focused a lot of the time and it's focused on everyone else. And then I think you lose something like it's almost the whole, you know, when you're in the airplane and they say, put your oxygen mask on first, because if you don't do that, you can't help somebody else. And it's the same thing. It's like, God can give us oxygen by spending time alone with him or by um, for me, it's running, like running is my peaceful me time. If I'm going to pick something, it's not going to be going and getting my nails done. It's going to be to go on a run because that fuels me. It's where I find some revelations. It's where I get my quiet time. It's just, and, and I love doing it with friends too, but it's just that, that time alone where I can refresh and refuel. And one of the things, especially if you're going after a goal, or if you are trying to succeed in something a lot of times we forget to rest. We forget to have that me time. And when we don't do that, we burn out so much faster and so much easier. And so that me time is important for us to be better in every area of our lives. And I know it's funny because when my kids, especially when they were younger, I still ran, I, I would figure it out. I'd go early when my husband was sleeping or, you know, I'd go when they were in an activity or whatever it was. But I could tell I would get crabby if it's been a few days um, because that's just the energy that it gives me. And that's how I stay healthy and fit. And they would, they'll, they would ask me, have you been on a run lately? You know, and they're like, I go, oh, I'm being crabby, aren't I? I'm so sorry. Uh And, And that's true. But that's what me time can do for us. It can make us better in all areas of our life and in all the roles that we have. And who doesn't want to be a happy mom or a happy wife or, you know, we want to, um, do things well. And in order to do that, we need that me time. So the running piece that becomes your meditation time and the time to yourself actually came around uh, almost as an accident. 
Meaning as I was reading your book, I learned that basketball was your passion. And then an injury there led you to running. So how did you discover that running would be this place to refuel rather than a more sedentary activity since you do write? And how did you say, okay, I'm going to do running and not going to be a full-time writer, or I might start sketching or something sedentary since it was a physical injury that sidelined you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't say me time writing is me time too. I would say, and especially now as I get older and have kind of a little bit more downtime that I can sit, I, okay. Who has downtime, but if we did, um, I do love the writing and that does fuel me. But, um, so in, in high school, basketball was my thing, loved it, would have loved to play college. I wasn't quite great enough for that. And it said I was five, five, but I'm really not five, five. I'm like five, two. So I'm just super short. I was quick and I was good on defense and I could shoot a three pointer. Like that's why I was good at basketball and why I loved it so much. But I did end up having knee surgery in high school and it delayed me a little bit in Um, and then I went to a D one school. So basketball was not going to be where I was going to thrive, um, which is totally fine. And so I just knew I needed something to stay active because I've been active my whole life and I wanted to have something in order to fall back on, but I didn't, I didn't have the, uh, ability to play D one sports in college. I did play a lot of intramurals, which was super fun and just a blast. Um, pretty much anything you can think of from water polo to flag football, <laughs> to basketball, everything. Um, because I just love being active, but I hated running when I was in high school. I hated it. I was like, why would you torture yourself? Why are you, you need to have a purpose and basketball to me had a purpose because I was dribbling a ball, trying to get it into a hoop. So I didn't mind running because I was, I had something to do with it, but just running for fun, like who does that? And so, um, when we got, when I got to college, I was like, well, I guess I could take up running. And so it really kind of, and it started in, it it started as a hate. And then in college, like you had mentioned in the intro that I did suffer through a deep depression and eating disorder and running became kind of a idol and a control in my life it more than it was helpful. So once, as I got through that, um, trial and, and, um, worked my way off the medication and off that stuff and like really building that faith, I saw running in a different form and it became that peaceful time and it became that me time. And so I don't know why I, it happened or how it happened, but all of a sudden I came to this love of running. And then what I also learned through it, that's where I started my, my goal setting was through running. And I'm like, well, this doesn't seem like a very exciting goal. It's not going to impact anybody other than me, but it was a way for me to discipline myself and understand what it means to set a goal and actually finish it. So I think that's why that's become more of my passion as a simple pleasure rather than um, a more sedentary activity like writing, even though writing is a passion of mine and it does refuel me and I will continue to do it. And I love having different buckets, but that's, that's why running has been, has been my thing, I think, since I gave up basketball. So when did you know you had a book in you and 
How did you juggle that with your full schedule? So you have two books and we're going to get into this later. You're about to launch a new book. When did you know you were a writer and said, oh my goodness, I have so much to to say and share that I want to put it in a book? Mm -hmm. I'll have to be honest. I knew that early on in my life, (laughs) like five years old, I wanted to be a writer. Like I've always had that dream. It's I've always wanted to be an author. I personally thought I was going to write a book right outside of high school. That was my mission. I wanted to be one of the youngest people writing books. And, uh, it's, and I went to school for broadcast journalism. I wanted to be a sports broadcaster because my other passion is sports. So I, I didn't do any of that. I ended up, um, right after college, getting married. And then shortly after finding out we were going to have a baby. And I put all those dreams kind of on the side and on the shelf. And and I was like, what do I do now? I don't know what my dreams are because those have been my dreams for years and years and years. But once I, so I've always known I've had a book inside me. How did I know I had mind over marathon inside me came from taking what I had learned through Uh, my depression, the tools I had learned, the God discovery I had gone on and, um, and really taking that goal of qualifying for the Boston marathon and putting all the kind of success principles I had learned and the mental training principles I had learned and putting it all into action and actually seeing that goal or that dream to fruition was when I said, I need to tell other people about this. I, I, especially like with a full schedule. I mean, I was a young mom at the time. Um, I guess not that young of a mom, but I was, I was in the depths of it. I mean, I had young kids. Um, my youngest was really little when I qualified for the first time. Um, because that was to, I qualified in 2015. So that would have been what, like seven years ago. So he was like one, I mean, he was little. So finding the time to train for that and to actually make that an important part of our lives. Um, Mm -hmm. they sacrificed for that goal. I sacrificed for that goal. And I just knew that if I could do that, and if I could learn how to make it a, how to make it more of a simple process that you don't have to go you have to go all in it in some form, but you don't have to go all in thinking about it all the time, only doing that in order to hit a monumental dream, um, that you can do that while you're a good mom, while you're a good wife, while you're a good worker in your job. Um, I knew that that's when I, I wanted to write that book. So how did you, and that is the, as you're talking about the full schedule, that you're managing. And at that point, as we know, you've run multiple marathons. Where did you find the time or how did you say, okay, did you give yourself no deadline to write this book? Did you just start writing as it came to you? How, how did, what did that look like? Yeah, it was such a process and I had no idea what I was doing. I'm telling you, <laughs> it was, it was a journey. It was a refinement but it was just like when I was training for the marathons, um, what I did, because I could have easily said, I don't have the time, but -hmm. you can find the time for something you want to do. Like Mm -hmm. it actually is a choice. Do you want it? Or do you not want it? Because your time is being eaten by whatever you choose to do. Uh Granted, I get it. We have to go to work and make money, um, so that we can live and eat and all the things, but we still choose to do it, you know? And so 
I wanted, I chose to do my training. So what I did is I actually put it in my calendar as an appointment, because if it was in there and I saw it at the time that I saw it, it was going to be easier for me to do. And so I almost did the same thing with my writing. I tried to find blocks of time that I knew I could kind of schedule. Granted, we have to be flexible at the same time because life just doesn't always go the way we plan. So we have to have that flexibility. Um, but if I wouldn't have done that, if I wouldn't schedule in the time to write, then I wasn't ever going to get it done. And it did, this was almost a five-year process. And well, it was probably about a four-year process because it launched in, um, 2019 in the fall, but from the inception point of inception of when I said, yes, I want to write this to it actually being published was years, but it was 18 months of solid work where I finally said, no, enough is enough. I need to do this. Um, and so part of it is just making that decision and finalizing that decision. And then yes, giving yourself a deadline again, knowing it could change, but mm -hmm. once you break it down, cause I had to think, instead of thinking, I want to write a book, I had to break it down to say, okay, what is in a book? And it's <laughs> a chapter at a time. And what is a chapter? Well, it's a bunch of different blog posts. So if you break it down to think of it differently, um, it makes it feel easier and more doable. And so that's one of the things I did to juggle. And sometimes I was writing late at night. Sometimes I get up early in the morning um, because I also knew I wanted to be present um, in the time I had with my kids and things. So I didn't want to always be writing either. So my book wasn't going to be done in three months like some people can do. But mm -hmm. I said, if it, if it takes years, that's okay. It's a matter of actually sticking to it and being disciplined enough to see it through. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, Gabe, as somebody who juggles so many roles, but still has this dedicated time to spend with God, to run, which is a passion and quiet time, to be a wonderful mother, to be a wonderful wife, to be a wonderful daughter. Uh, what do you think the key things are that you need to do to balance the full schedule and to-do lists that you have. And we all have as multi-role women. And have you let go of things to shape the life you're currently living? And if you could share any of those, I think it would be very helpful to the audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can tell you. So you had talked about me breaking my ankle and be right before I broke my ankle, I'll tell you what my schedule looked like. Cause then you're, you guys are going to be like, you're crazy. Um, because I was homeschooling my boys. I was the director of our homeschool community. I was a support representative for 11 different homeschool communities and 25 other directors. I was, um, I was building my business, writing my book or no, at, at that point I wasn't writing my book, but I was building my, my coaching business. Um, I also, was working in multiple different areas. I was a fitness instructor at the time. I can't remember where else I was. I was just all over. I mean, oh, and I was the president of our gymnastics booster club at the time. Like so many things. I just, I was one of those people who tell me there's a role, I'll fill it because I like my hands in things. I like knowing what's going on. Um, but here's the thing. When you're in everything, your hands in everything, you can't be great at anything. So mm -hmm. when I broke my ankle and God said, stop, 
Like he pretty much halted. I don't know if it was God given, it was God used for sure. But he said, you got to simplify. You can't keep doing this. Like you're not doing what I asked you to do. You're not in your calling at this moment because you're trying to do everything and be everything for everyone right now. And you're not listening. And so, um, so that was one of the main things that helped me go, okay, I need to figure out how to balance. And, and if you're busy, if you're a busy body, like I am that you like to be, you like to be productive all the time, it's hard to sit still. And so that, I mean, I sat still for like three months because I couldn't walk on my foot and I'm like, what's next? What am I doing? And, um, anyway, so some of the the keys that I learned is to be willing to let go. And part of that comes with quiet time and prayer and going, am I where I, you want me? And what do I need to keep? Like, what do I need to keep doing? Um, what do I need to stop doing? And maybe even what do I need to start doing? And maybe even creating a list of all the things that you do, all the activities, all the roles, all the work, all the kids' activities, um, and looking at it and going, what's the most important thing here? Like, what is my alignment again? So really knowing, understanding what alignment do I want? And for me, it, my alignment is God, family, work, and then fun. And so if I was, I was pretty out of alignment because my family suffered in the times that I was so busy. And so, um, I, I took that time and it's reflecting, taking that time, making those lists. Mm-hmm. and going, what, what do I need to keep? Okay. So I need these things in my schedule. I can't get rid of them. So how do I weave in my me time? How do I weave in the things I enjoy doing, but then what do I need to stop doing? So I can weave those things in and still feel balanced because balance is a funny word because it's really, you're not always balanced. Doesn't mean you're doing all, everything in an equal amount. It, for me, balance means I have peace in what I'm doing. Like I feel balanced when my home feels peaceful. I feel balanced when I'm not feeling rushed at work or feeling overwhelmed or all the things like that's what balance is to me. It doesn't mean, okay, I have to be equal time with my family, equal time with work, equal time with all these things. Sometimes work does take precedence and I'm working a lot more than I am with my family. And other times it's vice versa, but it means that I have the peace about what's going on. And so my biggest key would be making those lists and deciding what goes on my to-do list, what goes on there and what gets off of it. Like I had said, um, I think it's called the perfect formula. Maybe that's the book. I think that's what it's called, but he talks about not to-do lists and it's like, (laughs) you don't have to do everything. So what is on your to-do list? Pick your top three things that you need to get done. And then take off anything that's really not important and put it on your not to do list. Right. And, um, these things have really shaped my life so I can be present in whatever I'm doing. I can be present when I'm with my family. I can be present when I'm working. I can be present when I'm working on my goals and still not feel, I, I'm not saying I don't ever feel overwhelmed because I feel overwhelmed a lot, but then that, when I feel that overwhelm, that's when I know, okay something's out of balance. So now I need to make that list again and go, what do I need to stop doing so -hmm. that I can do the things that I feel very called and led to do. Mm -hmm. So what were some of the things that uh, were on your what's 
off or what not to do list. Mm -hmm. And that's changed a little bit, but even back then it was, I don't need to be a fitness instructor anymore. Like that's just extra (laughs) thing. I loved it though. Cause I loved my fitness family and whatnot. I got a free membership and, but I was, it wasn't even that much time, but it was mental time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can take that mental time off my plate. Um, I stopped being the support representative for homeschool because yeah, I, I, it was a job. I got paid for it, but it was too much mental time. And I said, okay, I need to start working in one area because <laughs> I'm one who's had multiple jobs. Like my husband loses a job. I'll just add another one kind of a thing. Like he's gone through some seasons where they've changed things and he's been let go and whatnot. And I'm just the doer. I'm the one who will take control and just add something, but I forget to take something off. Um, And what's really cool is that two years ago, well, less, it was probably more than two years ago now, like two and a half years ago, um, I felt led still to keep simplifying. And this was after the ankle and all that. And God was like, you got to let go of things. You got to let go of things. And so I let go of that support rep role. I let go of, um, the fitness instructor, I let go of being the president of the booster club and different places like that. And what was cool. And I let go of being the director. I stopped directing our homeschool community. I said, I'm just going to be a mom here. And I had no idea that in the background, God was working. And in January of 2020, I would have, I mean, I kept joking, like, I just hate Minnesota. I want to move. It's too cold. I've, and, I mean, I've lived there my whole life. We, our family's there within 10 miles of each other. There's no reason why we would ever move. But in February, my husband says, what do you think about moving to Denver? Because we needed, and this is the only reason it came up is because we needed a new gym for my, my two boys for gymnastics. Um, my oldest needed a gym that was going to um, actually really work toward his goals. Cause he has some really big goals with it. He's really good. He's an elite. And we knew that the boys team was kind of trickling down there and he needed people who to look up to. He, we didn't want him to be the leader at 12 years old for the boys team. We mm-hmm. wanted him to see others who are better than him, who are further along than him and to really push him and, and things. So we, we debated, like, should we move to the gym in Minnesota that we could move to? Or maybe we moved states and we just joked about it, but he, he texted me, he says, what do you think about Denver? And I was like, I love the mountains. <laughs> and so all of a sudden within eight weeks of us saying, what do you think about this? We had no plans of moving. We, we put our house up for the market. We sold it and we moved. And it was all during the shutdown in 2020. I'm telling you, it was a crazy time. But if I hadn't let go, if I hadn't listened and let go of those other things, we wouldn't have been able to do that. And so I was just like, what a thin thread. I mean, what if we didn't listen to that still small voice that says, let it go, take it off. I have something better for you. Right. And now my kids are just thriving here. We love it. We miss our family deeply. Like we are very close to our family. We miss them, but we know we're in the right place. And Mm -hmm. that's what taking things off our list can do for us. Like it can take us to the next step on our roadmap of life. So but there's, I feel like you're being modest because knowing you a little more than the audience does, 
gave besides all of that list, which I got tired listening to as we were talking about all those things you did. I was like, oh my God, I'm such a doer. And I was listening to this and saying, outside of all of those roles, you're a mom of three, you put a family together, you invest in your marriage. You also are taking, you have aging parents. And that is something that is happening a lot with the listeners in our audience. And they are saying, oh my goodness, this is completely affecting my time schedule. So I feel like you really have so many other things that are on that list that mm-hmm. you're doing. I mean, your family time alone, Gabe, that could be a full-time job, period. And then you add on all of this. Uh, do you want to speak to any of those family roles and how you keep that time safe and protected? I mean, you talked about the prioritization and how you look at uh, work, you know, is behind family, God, et cetera. How do you make the time and how are you sort of formulating, okay, this is this is time with the family or taking care of my parents or anything that can't be untouched? Again, because you have this schedule that you just talked about, but I feel like I want our audience to know you're also putting in all of these other things. Uh, so can you speak to that point? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you, my schedule schedule still looks full. A lot of people would be overwhelmed by it um, because I work outside of my business. I do work 20 to 30 hours a week clocked for other clients. And then I'm still writing and coaching. Um, I drive, I call myself an, a glorified Uber driver because I'm in the car about three hours a day getting kids to and from gymnastics because they're in the gym 25 hours a week. They do two a days every day. And then Saturday they do a clinic. So they're in the gym six days a week. It's a big commitment. And it's not something that I had planned for our life to look like, but they love it. And I'm, I'm going to um, work on their dreams as well. And then I also, now I did add. So sometimes there are times when we add. So I said, I'm not adding any extra roles. I will not do the booster club. I will not do all these things. Well, I did add, I now am going to be on the charter school um, board of directors. And I made that commitment. One, we have to volunteer for school anyway. So it's my volunteer hours. But at the same time, I wanted to, I really, I homeschool. My youngest will stay in the charter school. My middle one was in there this year. He's coming home with me next year, but I want to know what's going on. Like I'm very passionate about education and I'm very passionate about parent choice and um, school choice and all those things. So I just wanted it to be in there. And so I did add that to my plate, but I feel like sometimes there's, there's reason for us to. So again, like thinking about what's the most important, but because I added that and now, no, I'm not going to add other things. And, and the first quarter was a really busy quarter for me because we were in that mastermind together, Rosanna. And I was writing, finishing, writing my next book and it's gymnastics meet season. And so it was just like a, such a full quarter. And I go, okay, well, I didn't do that right. But next year in the first quarter, I'm going to make sure that I say no to pretty much everything outside of the necessary things. And as you had said, we have, I have aging parents. My, my dad is declining pretty fast here. And I'm sad that we're not with them because I feel like I can't help too much, but I do feel like I need to be there for them when they need me. Um, And so I just, there's, there's so much. And now I'm thinking, I'm kind of forgetting the question Um, it, it was, it was again, because I feel like you're sharing this schedule. Yeah. And I think it's so important for them to hear because 
you are the mother doing all the stuff for the children. You are the wife. And you also have what a lot of us are dealing with, which mm. is an aging parent or a parent deteriorating in health. And that's taken so many of our personal hours because our parents suddenly become children again. Uh, so I, I, I really wanted you to talk to that point and how you work yeah. that into your schedule. That, yeah, it's right. And, and like the whole being present, um, how do I make family time? How do we do that? Well, uh -huh. um, and my boys, what I've learned too, is I used to think I have to, I can't work while my boys are here because I feel guilty. I have the mom guilt that, um, I need to be with them every second of the day. Well, they don't want to be with me every second of the day. Like they don't, they want quality time with me, but it doesn't mean quantity time, at least with the boys. They want to know that I will stop and listen to them when they need me, because sometimes I don't, um, they want to, they want me to give them that eye contact. They want me to be present when they need me, but they'd like to play their video games and go off and play with friends and do all the things. So I've learned, I don't need a lot of time in order to feel present and to have that quality. What I need is to have, um, that scheduled time in a way. And so most of the time, Friday nights, our family night, um, uh, I mean, we'll let them go hang out with friends or do things, but, uh, that's somewhat sacred for us is we have family night and we play board games and we watch a movie and we have pizza and we do whatever, you know? Uh -huh. And, um, I feel like we all get filled from that because it's been a busy week. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that we do, um, Sundays, I, I, I consider it our Sabbath day. I'm not as rigid as I used to be for a lot of reasons, but it's kind of our, our rest day. And so a lot of times that's our family day too. So after church, we'll go hiking or we'll, we'll play games or we'll, I, I try not to work on Sundays every once in a while I need to. Um, but we try not, we limit the electronics on Sundays. We try to just be present. Um, and that means maybe we go hang out with another family too, or do something. But if I, if we have those two days, um, like the Friday evening time and that Sunday, I feel like we all kind of get filled in what we need for that family quality time. And it, and we also do like a family meeting on Sundays where we'll talk about what the week was like, because sometimes we're just passing ships. Um, and then also talk about what the schedule looks like for the next week. So we're all on the same page and those kinds of things have really helped us. Um, mm -hmm. and the same with like having the aging parents, I'm trying to just, you know, make sure I'd call my mom more often and find out what's going on because, um, she's pretty much his only ad, my dad's only advocate at the moment. And we're trying to figure out how can we, cause he, she, he's her little tag along. He has to go everywhere she goes. Cause he can't be alone at the moment. And I'm like, mom, that's not healthy for you. Kind of like we talked about the me time. I feel like now I'm, I'm parenting my parents and being like, you need help. You need to find somebody to help you. You can't do it all alone. And, and so that's the, that's the mental part that I face, but, um, really it's, it's knowing what can, and, and in those moments, what can I let go of? Like, maybe I don't finish work for the day because I need to do these things. And so in the, in top of the mind, it's what is the most important? Like, what do I really need to be focusing on today and mm -hmm. make sure that we do that. And every day brings new challenges. Every day brings new blessings. Every day brings new schedules. And so just being where you are present in that moment, like future focus is good, but we need to live where we are. We need to live in the present and, um, and just be flexible. I think the flexibility is the most important part, knowing that, um, your day you have it planned out. Like I'll have my work chunk planned out and go, yes, I can work in this time. And then all of a sudden a phone call comes and 
I have to go get my kid from school because he's sick or whatever. And I'm like, well, now I'm not going to get my work done or, you know, but then you just have to be like, it's okay. Tomorrow I can, I can pick that up and it's going to be okay. Right. Okay. So Gabe, this leads us to the next book, which I'm so excited to hear about. Tell me about the genesis of the new book and what are the key message points that you hope to get across in this book? Mm -hmm. So the next book is called Victory Run, Turning Trials into Triumphs. So it's kind of, I'm, I'm essentially creating a series. So Mind Over Marathon was about going after a goal and finishing it strong. And this one's about what happens when you face trials, whether you're going through a goal or it's just life circumstances, how do we come out stronger from them and how do we grow through them? And I use my ankle, my breaking my ankle as the analogy. Uh, again, I like runner. It's not a book for runners, but I like running and analogies for runners. I feel like everyone understands running analogies. So that's why I use them. <laughs> and um, the, re- the main messages in there is, um, okay, it happened. So how do we one go through these grief processes? Cause that's what I learned with the ankle. I was like, who wants to read about a broken ankle? Like, why is that important? How is this going to affect people or have an impact? I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but for me, it turned my whole life around because I was a fitness instructor. I couldn't, I could not do my classes with a broken ankle. Um, I, I was a run coach at the time. Oh yeah. I I ran, I was a run coach too. And I couldn't run with them. So how am I going to do that? Um, so And then I couldn't drive. I couldn't drive the boys because it was my right ankle. So then I had to figure out um, how to ask for help and how to delegate. That's when I learned the art of delegation, which is a very important art. So if you aren't asking for help, that's, that's probably the key. The big key is ask for help. It is okay. And people want to help you. Um, And so it's really about how do we walk through this grief process? Um, How do we grow through our circumstances? How do we trust the process? And how do we really let our trials, um, turn it, let God turn them into something beautiful that he can use as a message for others. And so that's, that's kind of the essence of victory run. And when is it officially coming out? So everyone can get it. It is officially coming out in June. Um, I think the first week in June, we possibly are going to pre-sale it here soon, but it's gone through pretty much all the edits and everything. It's just the final pieces that need to be put together. And where can people purchase the book? Uh, right now on amazon.com will be the easiest way to find it. Um, and you can also go to redhotmindset.com uh, and see, I have a books tab that you'd be able to find it there as well. Okay. Terrific. Uh, last question before we get into the very fun rapid fire questions, do you feel like you've come into your own greatness? I, to be honest, I would say no. (laughs) And here's why I just, I don't know. And maybe it's a different word for it. I think that I'm finally in the place where I'm really tuned in to know if I'm in my calling or not whether the calling changes, I can pivot. That's fine. So I do feel like I am in a place where I am doing my mission work and that I am where I need to be and where I'm supposed to be. Um, I do feel like, I just don't feel, I feel like I'm not worthy or good enough or anything aside from 
God and my faith in him. And so I think I've come into his greatness. I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like I've come into his greatness. I'm willing to lean into him and to go where he wants me to go, no matter how scary that is, because I feel like so many times, um, anything great is going to be out of our comfort zone and we're going to have to do it scared. And Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that now where a long time ago, I would have wanted to sit on the sidelines, but I mean, unless you're in the game, you're not going to win. Right. And so I think I've come into his greatness and into like so much clarity to know what my next step is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now Gabe, this will be fun. I have probably five rapid fire questions I want to ask you. And the answer will be whatever comes to your mind first. So the first question, you ready? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I am. Ooh, I am hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I want my children to know this about me. I want my children to know that. I'm not perfect, but they can learn from me. Okay. The greatest influence in your life is. Mm, it's so hard. <laughs> That's why they're good because you have to go in your soul and see what God puts on your lips. That's why I love these questions. Well, here's what came to mind is Dr. Seuss. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it is, he's kind of who made me love writing and reading. So there you go. Okay. Something on your bucket list is I want to go to Australia. It's been on my bucket list forever and hold a koala. (laughs) It's absolutely beautiful. That's a great one. Uh, And what's the legacy you want to leave in this world? I just, I want to leave a legacy of hope and that through though this world has trials, it's not the end. Like I want people to understand that that they can, and, and just, there's a reason that you have desires in your heart. Like God places desires on your heart for a reason. Why not go after it? Okay. So Gabe, I know everyone is going to be in love with you. Just like me after listening to this podcast, if they don't already know you tell everyone how they're able to just the different ways our audience can connect with you. And then talk also a little bit about your private coaching as well. Sure. Um, The best place to find me is redhotmindset.com. All my links are there. You can find out about my books and whatnot. I am on Instagram at either redhotmindset or Gabe Cox. You can find it either way. Um, But I also have a Facebook community called Simplicity and Motherhood. But yeah, you can find it all right on the website. As far as coaching, I love coaching. It's one of my favorite things to do. And what I do is I do intentional purpose plan coaching, where I help you create that, um, that big burly goal, uh, and really create that purpose that, and get clarity in what it is that you're supposed to do, what it is your calling is. And then to break that down into a strategic doable plan, um, in the busy, in the productive lives and schedules that we have 
so that you can take that and actually run with it and understand how to hone those habits and um, how to go from uh, the start of a goal to the finish. Okay. And Gabe, everyone who's interested in the coaching can find that link on the redhotmindset.com. Yes, there is a tab called coaching. So, okay. Well, terrific. Gabe, thank you so much for blessing my listeners and I with your beautiful presence, the kingdom work you're doing in this world. And of course, all of your energy. Oh, thank you, Rosanna. This has been such a pleasure. I loved getting to chat with you. Same here. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. If you feel inspired by this show, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review on iTunes or subscribe to the show since I update the topics weekly. And if you feel there are others who would like this show, Please take a screenshot of the show, add it to your Instagram story, and tag me at my Magnus Opus. Also, I'd like to get to know you, so please join our email list by signing up at www.mymagnusopus.com. You can also join our private Facebook group of like-minded legacy storytellers by going to my Magnus Opus community. Thanks so much for tuning in. May your day be full of abundance in everything you do and keep your head up always. Until next time, I'm sending you love and light. <laughs>